Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 55 of the Half Price Concessions podcast. You know, recently there's been such a, an uptick in the interest of lost speedways. You know, Matthew Dillner has the whole thing of lost speedways. Dale Earnhardt Jr. did the show on Peacock about lost speedways. Our friends at BAM Racing Videos have done some specials on some racetracks that have uh, been gone and been inactive for some time. We did a, a series of episodes on them called Tracks of Yesteryear featuring tracks that were on the NASCAR Cup Series Grand National Schedule that were no longer in use or existence. This episode's kind of a special one. We're not looking at some big track that hosted NASCAR racing or even a paved track or even cars at all. We're talking about an old, long forgotten, not long forgotten, because we're talking about it, but long since unused, cart track called the Altamaha cart track just down the road from a speedway in Altamaha North Carolina Brad Allen joins us with some help from others that contributed stories to this episode to relive some memories from the Altamaha cart track so on the other side of this break we're going to jump into the time machine and take a little trip back in time to the Altamaha cart track and all the racing and memories that were made on it here in just a few moments Planning on doing some digging in your yard? Your simple backyard project could quickly turn dangerous. Buried underground cables and lines are just inches below the surface. So don't forget to make one very important call to 811. Calling 811 is the first step in having your buried utilities marked so you know where it is safe to dig. 811 is free, it's fast, and it's the law. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. This episode of the Half Price Concessions podcast is brought to you with support from Performance Center Racing Warehouse. In addition to being the home of the PRW chassis, Performance Center offers in-house setups and consulting, plus suspension and chassis pull-down analysis, along with their fabrication shop that can reclip your race car with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Give Roger Johnson and the Performance Center team the chance to earn your racing business by calling them today at 704-838-1400 or visit them online at performancecenter.com. That's P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. Back on the Half Price Concessions podcast, and I believe we are on appearance number four on Is the podcast. Four? First one of the new year yeah. for Mr. Brad Allen. Brad, yeah. good to... See you as always. You're glad, a, glad to have you, Pud. You're, you're at, always welcome here. At the time of this recording, Brad's in a festive mood because his, his football team is actually winning games again. He, We're still, hey, it's January and Tampa Bay's still playing. That never happens. Hey, by, by the time that's it's posted, times might have turned for the worse. But for now, <laughs> Brad's in a good mood There's as a Bucks fan. <laughs> but the reason for this was there was something that a mutual friend of ours, Scott Wicker, had posted not too long ago about something I had never heard of. Everybody now, when you think Altamaha and racing, is you obviously think of A-Speedway. It's the big yep. track. It's been there since 56. It's been a few different names. It's, you know, as a, a you know, thanks to 2020, when you Google A-Speedway, there's a lot of articles oh, about yeah, people not wearing gonna, masks and yeah, all kinds they, of they, goodies. They hit the jackpot on that. but uh, Yeah, but... I did not know that in Altamaha, there was a little go-kart track that was actually not far from the where A-Speedway is. 
where oh, there was yeah. a lot of racing. And Brad, I know you had a little bit of experience yeah, out there. Yeah, we kind of cut our teeth there when Robert and I, you know, we first started racing. I, you know, bought my first cart from Robert and uh, had some trouble with it and had to go back to Robert see if he'd help me. And then I guess that got his interest peaked again. So we kind of started racing together and. That was one of the places we visited on, on Saturday nights. It was um, probably, as the crow flies, less than a mile from the from the racetrack. Yeah, it's... It, you know, through the woods or, you know, directly across the power lines there. But uh, it, it had some prestige to it because it was so close to the dirt track then. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, uh, you know, kind of the way you envisioned the, the cart track that was at Ace, you know, on the grounds... You know, that's kind of how you fostered uh, the dream, so to speak. You know, you start off on a, on a cart there and work your way up, and then, oh, look over here. There's a. That's a, where I progressed there's, to. There's a big racetrack right there. But, you know, in those days, it was you no know, dirt track, and, you know, you're still going to Altamall, which, you know, simpler times for sure, but, you know, still a big deal. I used to have a good crowd there and got to know a lot of people that, you know, still know today. And, uh, is, like I was telling you, I got fond memories, but they're probably locked away. We got a, in some we got animals a, of the mind somewhere. We got to jog them a little bit. See, it's, <laughs> see, it's funny because you say all this, and not, and not that I don't believe you by any means, but I can't find any pictures of this place. No, it's, 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 it's a little hard to find people that have stories. And from some of the notes that Richard Murphy gave me that that we'll go through as we go through this. Um, it, it didn't seem like something that was very widely publicized. And, and that might be part of why it's, it hadn't been around for probably 20-something yeah, I mean, uh, years. You know, the the thing back then, you know, this is early 80s, you know, probably 80, 81, 82. Um, the big thing then was WKA. If you're racing carts, you WKA. You know, you had state races that were Liberty and, you know, other points you had to travel to. And then you had the you know, asphalt was really big then, so the dirt stuff was just kind of a local, a local deal, and you know. But I can tell you, the dang locals around here, the the Rosses, the Allen Weddles, the um, Doug Truitts, you know, uh, those guys. I mean, Willie Saul, he had a. I, I do remember one. He had two, uh, a pair of two cycle engines on on both axles. Yeah, you know, just watching that thing go around and wondering how the heck he hang, hung on to it, you know. But uh, you know, it, it wasn't. I mean, it was bigger than a club. Yeah. But you pretty much had the same the same group coming there. Okay. But out of that group, was a lot of you talent. had you know to to work your way up to the upper echelon of that deal. You 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 had to be on your p's and q's. And it seemed like back then, even you know, even back to to your time, kart racing, like any kind of racing, it seems like. It just seems so much simpler back then. Oh, from man. like from what Wicker said and what from Richard Murphy told me, uh, well, and from the expression on your face, I can always say like today it's gotten a lot more complicated. Everything costs more. The tire prep, blah blah blah. Motors. Yeah, well, and, like, mean, it was and, just a simpler time. Yeah, you you, you got to know your stuff now. You know, back then, you know, you, you got a set of Continentals that you know you put them on new, and you pretty much ran them a year, two years, or whatever. It wasn't anything like it is today. We go out look at the hardness of the track or what kind of prep they got on it and how much calcium and what it's going to do later on in the evening. You just, you know, uh, the carts are so much more advanced. You know, they got all these adjustments and stuff on them, you know, to adjust our car, it'll center block and you 
found somebody big to jump on it. You know how much you wanted to, to, to put some wedge in it. You know, you want to be a little, you put the little guy on it. You want some, a lot of, if you, you were out in left field and had to put a lot of wedge in it, you, you found a big guy and went to jumping on that thing. So, you know, it was just, uh, like I said, it was just simple and kind of, you know, I guess that's where you, you cut your teeth is a lot of it was the driver. You know, you didn't really dial the card in. You just, you know, you found your line and whatever, whatever you could do to get around there the best. And I can tell you when we started, we didn't get around there very good. That's what, that's what Richard said. Richard said it was a, it was a, it was a driver's track. It was not mm -hmm. one of these places where you just, you know, some car tracks you go to and, and you're just flat footing it all the way oh, around. Yeah, this was a real technical driver's track. Oh, yeah. It was, um, if memory serves correct, it's, it's kind of like Darlington. You had one sweeping corner and then the other corner was a little more banked and a little tighter. So it wasn't, well, set this corner up, you know, for that corner. It, it, you know, and it would vary depending on the, you know, the wetness or dryness of the track and, you know, entry points and picking, picking it back up. I mean, you just didn't hold it wide open and, and, and hold on. Yeah. And you had to know when to come out of it, when to jump back in and, you know, just starting into it, uh, you know, the one story that I, I do remember vividly is um, Robert and I were racing together. He was running uh, like Sportsman or Limited. He he had kind of wanted something a little faster than the stock stuff, but you know I, I like something a little more powerful than that Brixton yeah, strap yeah, from yeah, the hardware you know, store. Try to get out from under him, but you know I like the I like stock stuff because you're running right over top of each other. You know you really don't have a competitive advantage with motor, so to speak. Well, that particular night I was driving our cart, and my dad had gotten into it. You know, but you know. Strange thing there is, I didn't drive for my dad. You didn't drive for J.W. Allen. Not, 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 in, not in it, not is initially. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah, uh, you had to work up well, to that. You know, Robert, Robert, and I, <laughs> you know, we were doing it. Then he got into it, and he had some. He had a couple of guys driving his stuff, and it was kind of like, well, why aren't you driving your dad's? I'm like, oh no. Ask he, him. He, he, bought it. <laughs> he bought it after I got mine. I mean, of course, you know, I had a stepfather then too, but um, Robert actually drove Dad's cart one night and that's when you ran uh you ran heat races you didn't do qualifying and stuff like that and in the um and in the heat race um we were terrible i mean almost got lapped but it was uh it was almost like robert didn't want to pass me and it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way i was like look you don't have to pander to me yeah. You know, I mean, you're driving somebody else's, you know, you, you took that, you took that a little personal. Yeah. If, if you're better, go on, yeah. you know, don't, don't try to, don't, don't feel like you're going to hurt my feelings. And he was like, you know, kind of took umbrage to it or whatever. It's like, okay, all right. So when feature time come around, we had made our adjustments and, you know, still a little bad blood there. Well, one of the dangest races for last place you'd ever seen. <laughs> And we both, you know, it, it came down to one of us is going to finish last, and pretty much it ain't going to be me. It pretty much at all costs you tried it. So I mean, you know, and we done got lapped already in the feature race, but uh, I, I do remember it was a white flag lap, and Robert uh, he had passed me. I passed him back, and he had passed me. You know, and it was like, okay, I'm gonna get you. And he kind of dive bombed me going into one, and hit me, and I went off the banking in turn two. Yeah, I've got a story about that as well. And, 
and you know, the leaders come around take the dang checkers and you know he comes around finish the race and i'd went over the bank and then landed in a tree so i'm hanging in a tree not all not next to a tree you were in the I tree i was in the tree Jeez. And, and uh i mean it felt like 10 minutes before they realized not everybody's somebody's off, missing <laughs> not, not everybody's came off the track on the exit yet i mean they're obviously off the track but you know then you got about 20 people running over there and they found me and i'm like how old were you probably let's see if it was 16 17 okay i mean old enough to know that uh, not supposed to be in the tree when I, when I get out of this tree i'm gonna go find robert and say, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Last is still last, you know, but I, I guess I'd made it a point that, you know, he didn't have to, he, he didn't have to uh, fall on the sword for my sake, I guess. And, uh, you know, that was, but it, you know, it kind of set the tone for our competitiveness and how we, you know, yeah. how we kind of took that and went forward. But, you know, we eventually got pretty good there to where, you know, we weren't the laughing stock or hanging upside down in a, in a tree and, you know, when we rolled in there, people knew they had to shoot for us as opposed to us trying to stay on the lead lap within. So I that's actually where Scott Wicker started racing. I doubt this is also a time. now Nowadays, when you go to go-kart races, it almost, just from the haulers, you almost think you're, like, at a big track because everybody's, so many people got enclosed haulers and stuff. Yeah. I, f I venture to say this was probably a time when everybody brought their carts in the back of a pickup truck. Pretty much. We had, a, we had a little... Uh, Green Ford, it's about a 67 short bed. The old 100, not the 150. Yeah, with a three-speed stick in the in the floor. And we had two carts, and we had them crisscrossed in the back. You couldn't, you know, wasn't no stacker or anything like that. You just throw them in there, and the front end's hanging out one side, and the other side, the other cart's hanging out. And then you shoved all your tools and stuff underneath it, and that was it. I mean, we didn't have a cart stand. Yeah, we had a dang milk crate that we jacked up the back to change gears, or you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like it is today, where you know, as soon as they come off the track, they're on a dang stand and rolling somewhere where the tires never touch the ground. I mean, they just, oh yeah, kind of sit. It was kind of a kind of a sandy pit area, but I mean, the track was always in great shape. I mean, you never track prep was not an issue. Yeah, you never you never showed up there like you know how they gonna screw it up this week. I mean, it was always pristine. I mean, I, and I couldn't tell you who owned it or who was in charge of it, you know, because yeah. that obviously is going to slip my mind, but, um, it, it was, it was, it was just a great, great track. I mean, I, you know, I venture to say if it was still around today, it'd probably be one of the top ones that people would come to just because it was so challenging. Yeah. Just to help put it in perspective for those listening, if you, if you're trying to figure out, well, where exactly is this place? If you leave a speedway and take a lift, and you head toward where the stop sign is at the end of Altima Hall, mm -hmm. uh, Racetrack Road. You hang another left. You'll pass by the big church. And then before you get to another church, there's a road on the left. It's Dodd Road, D-O-D-D. -D. It's actually the, the first hard surface road to the right. And if you go straight across on that intersection, yeah, you go straight across right there. It's like you're going out into a field now. Yeah, But it was up there, down that road there on the left. But, you know, it was... It was close enough to where, you know, Altamont's not a big place anyway. No. But, you, know, <laughs> but, you know, it was just, uh, you know, we lived in, uh, Robert lived in Graham at the time. So it was, you know, long enough ride to get your juices flowing and, you know, yeah. where uh, it was almost like a, a small road trip. I mean, it wasn't Eden or, you know, it's about the same distance from his house to Liberty as it was 
to, to the Taj Mahal there. Yeah, what uh, what Richard said was some of the guys that were running multiple tracks, Liberty was one of them, and then, uh, let's see, I'm trying to find where the other track was, uh, Red Rock. You had Red Rock out there? Uh, I'd never heard of Red Rock either. Never had, oh, man, that's, no. that's where it all started. I mean, that was... Uh, How far was that? That was out... Uh, Let's see, it's uh, 49 and 119 where they intersect. Out, okay. Uh, I guess towards the other side of Pleasant Grove. Um, and if you go 119, like you're going out to the lake or Samora right there, uh, two roads down, you hang a right and so kind of wind it back in there. And uh, Tom West, Donnie West, uh, he, that, was, that was a Sunday. That's a Sunday racing there. So you kind of had, a, you almost had like a triangle-ish of, yeah, well, we had Whitsit, if you, if you wanted to race your head off, you yeah. had plenty of options. We had uh, Whitsit on Friday, which was Springwood, where the, the ball field is now. That was a car track. Yeah, that was, uh, it was like a little Bristol. I mean, it was out in the middle of a dang cornfield. Best red dirt you've ever seen. And they, I mean, that was, now that was a fun one. And then uh, on Saturday, you go, you know, out to my hall, Liberty, uh, Eden had had one there, and then but Sunday's was was Red Rock. You know, wow! And, uh, you know, we we owned that place. I mean, we you know that was, that's uh, that's that was my first race there. That's where I messed the go kart up trying to beat Brenda Murphy. Because <laughs> <laughs> the story was there's a there's a girl out there and can't nobody beat them. Yeah, and they they can't beat her. And I'm like, she's a girl. I'm gonna beat her. Yeah, and. Never mind. Brenda was pretty tough. She, <laughs> <laughs> she, she actually offered me a story for this. She said, uh, from Altamaha Kart Trek, she said she was, she was in a race and somehow or another her, and, I, and she said the guy's name was Gary Allison. I had, mm-hmm. I had never heard of yep. him. From Evan. Apparently they got hung together. Gary got hung up on the back of her cart and they went tumbling down. The banking that you spoke of before, apparently this Altham Hall place was pretty well banked. Oh, yeah. And she told me on the telephone, she didn't have long to talk, she was busy, but she said that Gary said, I wouldn't have known it was a girl I was hung up on until we went tumbling down the hill and I could hear the high-pitched scream. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize it was a high bank because on Google Maps it looks flat. Oh, it, it looks flat, but it, uh, I mean, they, they had built it up. And like I said, I think three and four were maybe a little bit more bank but it was you know it wasn't exactly level either so i guess you know you got a flat corner but it was built up that was the uphill part of it and like i said they had those little i mean i'd like to see those pine trees now because they're probably full grown but back then they were the twigs the saplings or whatever and you know you know if you try to break a pine in half you can the young ones don't give too much so it uh it was like I said. It was good times back then, but you know, uh, Ren Murphy. She was Christelle. back in the day. She was she was top dog. Let's say uh, JWL, and of course your dad, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Turner. Uh, also, a Marshall Zimmerman. Oh yeah, you might know yeah, his, his yeah. more famous son Ziggy, but apparently probably, Marshall ran out. Probably there. why he doesn't like me as, as much. As, <laughs> <laughs> he probably remembers too much about me. Oh geez. <laughs> It don't seem like there was really no place to hide out there. You, you was going to run into somebody. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, you know, uh, I say Doug Truitt. I mean, uh, he was he was, uh, he was a legend there. A gentleman by the name of Alan Weddle could could build the heck out of a modified. I mean, he, you know, people come from near and far to 
to have him build motors for him. And, uh, you know, he was kind of like a legend. And you know, that's where he'd kind of go do his test and tune, so to speak. I mean, they wouldn't. Stuff he had was so much better than anybody else. They really didn't have anybody to run with. So they'd just kind of go out there by themselves and run up there to the dang fence and watch them go around. And yeah. it's like, wow, that thing's fast, you know. But um, like I said, that never kind of tripped my trigger. I just. I guess landing in that tree just <laughs> just broke me of wanting to yeah. wanting to tame a wild beast, so to speak. <laughs> for someone for someone like me that don't know no better, how much different, just visually, did the carts you guys were racing look than the ones today? Because the ones no. today look pristine. They got that nice body on the yeah. front. They they just look so clean. There, to were, me. there was no bodies on these. Nobody at all. None. No side panels. None whatsoever. None. I mean, I you know we would put our number panels on the Nerf bar. And you had one Nerf bar that kind of came out and really protected the motor as opposed to the rear tire. You know, and you, you had those right there in front of your seat, and then you had a bumper out front. That's all I mean, you so, had. So, you know, and in those days, you know, I mean, today you can go in there and lean on somebody or just knock them out of the way, and you ain't got to worry about touching wheels or going over. You know, back then, you know, open wheel. And you had to be, you know, when he says right up on the back, you you know, really really had to watch that because you know your your front tires get to a rear tire and they're going this way and they pull you right up and you know you get hung up on somebody, you know, yeah. either a caution or you both slow down until you until you figure out how to hit the brake quick enough to to jump off of it so both of you could keep going. So it's totally different. I mean, yeah, nowadays they knock, they knock the heck out of each other. Oh well, I mean they got all that protection <laughs> and stuff on them, you know. And now you even got roll cages on some of the champ buggies, you know. So that would have played right into my style of driving. But uh, you know, I had to I had to figure out how to um, one stay out of trees, and two stay off of carts. <laughs> but you know, back then, I mean, you watch them today. They do qualifying, single file starts and restarts. I mean every. Every start we had double file. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've never, you know, I've never it really was, seen it was, that. It was, it was real racing. I mean, you know, so yeah. you know, you you had to be on your, you know, you hated being on the outside, but at the same time, you know, it, it taught you one to, to have a lot of nerve, and then two, hopefully you could trust the the person that was beside of you. You gonna find out real quick if you can. Yeah, yeah, that you know, <laughs> could hold their, you know, could hold their line. I was, I mean. They'll tell you I was rough around the edges when I when I got into it because racing a cart was totally different than me riding around on my A-bone around the tree out there in my yard. You know, in my mind I was doing great, but you get me around somebody else and things started happening and I guess that's why I had to go back and see Robert to, to there fix you it. Go. <laughs> Part, pardon my ignorance. How much if any safety stuff are you even wearing? Is it is it just a helmet and go, or did y'all have to wear the jackets? Like, uh, I had a jean jacket. You wore a denim jacket. Yep. Yep. So you so you look like uh, old John Denver out pretty, there. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Flipped the dang collar up once you once you got your helmet off. I mean, a lot of the God forbid of, you catch on fire, you're gonna burn up in a hurry. A lot of the helmets then were uh, open face. You just had the little bubble shield on it. So, it's like Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. Oh, they just that's what that was the style. Yeah, yeah, and you know. <laughs> And then when you got a bell helmet, you know, ooh, yeah, you've got a bell. And then Simpson came out with the, the bandit-style helmet to where you know, it kind of had like a mouthpiece on it. Like, uh, who's the guy in the Batman movie? Uh, gosh darn it, I forgot his name. Uh, bale. Bale, yeah. Yeah, the bad guy, yeah. Bale. And, you know, in that, and, and uh, Robert got one of those. And we, we just thought we was the coolest ones ever because we had the 
the tinted shield and the the bell look there and you, you look yeah. over somebody and you give all the hand signals and stuff like that. I mean, it was, it was an awesome time, but like I said, it, it was prehistoric in, in comparison to what they do today. Yeah. I'll give you a, I'll give you a Richard Murphy story. And this was, this is from flash. This is from Wicker. <laughs> oh, here we go. He says, Richard Murphy and Mike Thompson were the two toughest competitors that raced there. If you were fortunate enough to win a race against one of those, it was because one of them had had trouble of some sort. Richard and Mike were running one and two one Saturday night, took the checkered flag, and did not stop racing. They must have thought there was still one lap to go. Coming off the fourth turn on lap 21 of 20, Richard and Mike got together. Mike wound up in the tires on the front stretch. To oh, yeah, be, right below the flag stand. Yeah, to be honest with you, I can't remember who won. Richard and Mike were the toughest around. And Richard actually confirmed that story when I called him on the phone. He said, he said I was so focused on trying to beat him, I totally forgot that you know yeah. oh there's a flagman here waving a checker flag the race is over like that was just how tough it was oh well they they were they were great friends number one yeah uh i think richard actually kept up his cart and you know that's when scott got into it but you know mike thompson um you know, may may know him he was he was in the accident with with leon and terry and he was the one that survived it but you know Mike and my dad and like I said Richard and really that, that whole group I mean we we got so close you know even to this day David and Scott you know they talk about those memories that we made and um, how special at time it was for them as as young kids I mean so you know I probably had too many hormones and, <laughs> and, and other stuff going on in my head to, to, to really appreciate it but um, I wouldn't trade that racing you know, they were my first racing family and have been ever since so it's just uh yeah you know it's one of those things you, you never take for granted i mean it's just uh it's, god had a plan to, to put me with those people and 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 keep them throughout my life yeah. and, and that's what's that's what's so cool about it so when you say the altamont car track yeah we got we, i remember it but you know you've done so much with those people throughout your whole lifetime that it kind of runs different, together. Different things, you know, kind of take precedent. Here's a here's a few other names he threw out here of, of guys that had ran out there. Uh, Ricky Billings. Yep. I remember him from A Speedway. Mm -hmm. Jerry Geringer was. He said Jerry Geringer was big in the modified class. I'm sure somewhere down the line there's a there's a relation to Greasy somewhere in yep. there. Yeah. And. One of the other names he had mentioned as far as people that were in on the track was a Gary Geringer, who he did say was kin to, uh, to GW. GW, okay. And see, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too young to understand the significance of, of you know, my, my, my exposure to anybody named Geringer at A Speedway <laughs> was the guy driving the number five yeah. in, the, in Superstock class. <laughs> and I know. You know we'll I, do anything. Yeah. yeah don't you, even give a night. <laughs> yeah, you, you've referenced it on other ones we did about just, how important that family was because i think wasn't it wasn't it the garingers that that paved a speedway mm -hmm. yep see yep I was, I was born in 88 i don't know you know. yeah yeah so i mean like i said they're i mean you know, alamance county is not that big but there's you know it's almost like clans located throughout i mean if you you know if you go to southern alamance you got uh Schrantz's and you know there's a there's a family that kind of rules that yeah. that that part of it you know, up here in the northeast part, that's your uh, 
one of the that's, ones. That's your Garage clan right there. They don't. Know. <laughs> the roots run deep, I guess you could say. Did your cousins, the Masseys, run out there any? That was that was the funny thing. Todd Massey could not drive a go kart. Really? Yep. Seemed like, like he'd drive everything else. Kind of like me when I started carpentry. I couldn't drive a nail. Well, he could. He couldn't drive a go kart. I mean, it just. I mean, he, he could at you know if you wanted to go race at the beach or somewhere at the amusement park or whatever. But, but not in that you know, competitive it was, setting. It, but you know, with those, it was almost like you had to be so fine tuned. You know, and Todd just you know let, let me let me get it out of shape, and I'll show you a trick. Well, with with, with those things, if you got out of shape, you're you're falling back. You know, so you had to you know. It's, literally driving it with your butt sometimes and you know i was like you're supposed to be this great driver and you know you're terrible <laughs> you know? and you know and i don't know that he would have did it yeah but he never did you know you look up his career he, he never did race go karts much yeah you know so um so that's that's kind of where you know i guess between you know and it probably showed what how him and robert raced each other you know you got one bull in a china shop and, and Roberts just don't want to be distur uh, disturbed yeah. you know on his line or whatever but uh, a lot of that came from you know our experience with go-kart racing you know, it was all about momentum and, and keeping keeping everything moving forward as opposed to sideways yeah that's pretty wild see it's something that I just did not know much about I don't know about cart I didn't really know about cart racing in general until you know, when I came to work for you at Ace and uh, Chase Murphy was running yeah. go-karts and I went out there with him a few nights and that was a learning lesson. And then after some time, you had kind of tried to get the karting going at Ace Speedway on Saturdays to kind of have, like you said, to run here and then progress over here. Yeah. I just did not understand kart racing was such a deal. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know. Because I always uh, just thought of amusement parks. You know, and one of the things <laughs> you, you ask about the difference between – our time and, and the time now, well, somewhere it transitioned to where you're almost laying down driving the thing. Yeah, that's the ones I've known you know, my whole life. Is you know, you're, you're, you're laying down. I mean, ours, the, the seat, I ain't going to say it's set straight up, but my style, you know, and you can't see me, but it was like this. You were leaning forward. I was, I was forward with my head tucked and, you know, and, and literally had my thumbs up, and that's, you know, and I could peripheral, seeing how much I was working steer wheel because you, you know, you pulled yourself up and, you know, we were, the we were actually one of the first ones to get the long steering shaft, you know, because others like this, you know, I mean, Richard Murphy, you, you know, hands are real close to your chest, hands real close and the elbows are straight out. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's driving like that. Well, we had our steering shaft come way up where we were almost under underhanded. Oh, okay. And it was easier to tuck down, so you're, you know, almost driving, you know, elbows in. You know, it was all about, you know, well, let's cut and drag. You know, um, I got a picture uh, we'll, we'll throw on the website there. You see Scott Murphy sitting on our cart, and he's got his socks tucked in. His uh, jeans tucked into his yeah, socks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. pulled up, you know. We actually started doing that because it was, you know, it got to where you needed the uh, most infinite advantage you could get. You wow. Know? But like I said, it didn't didn't hurt that we were out front either, you know. So you know, it just looks so different now. See, now 
the whole time I've known carding, like you said, they're 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 laid so far back. Oh yeah, I've, it, it I've, almost I've, looks like you ever seen in the Olympics when they do losing. Yep, yep, it almost looks like that. I, I uh, scrubbed. I can't I can't really can't recall his uh, drawing a blank. But he he actually wanted me to drive his cart over the racetrack cart track one night. And I was like, yeah, that'll be fun. Ten laps in. My stomach doesn't cramp so much. It was, you know, because, oh. you know, I'm, I'm wanting to pull myself up, but you're, it's designed to lay back. And instead of relaxing and just laying back, it, yeah. it was like, I'm going to die on this thing. <laughs> I was like, y'all don't have this mess. <laughs> oh, jeez. But, uh, no, you, you know, you look at, I'm on a, I'll, I'll invite you to that vintage carding group because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And when you see some of the names that, that they race that stuff and you know uh, what they accomplished later on i mean that was that was kind of my you know the reason i got into auto racing was uh we had outrun stacy compton uh two years straight at the, the goodyear plant there in danville oh they had a cart track there yeah uh, okay. uh, an asphalt track oh and um it was a road course it was an oval but it had a road course uh, had a dog leg on one end and a what they called a carousel on the other end, so they could literally run different layouts every time you went. They'd run oval, oval with dog leg, oval with carousel, full road course, yeah, and then you'd run them all backwards. Well, those those were probably the shifter cards, weren't they? No, no, these were just our our, okay. standard, our standard stuff. But, you okay. Know, uh, Stacy was really funded and. You know, when I got out of the racing and started playing softball, not professionally, but, you know, about every weekend somewhere, three, four, five years down the road, Stacy Compton's sitting on the pole at Daytona. And I'm like, I'll run that guy. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that guy got a ride? He can't be that good. <laughs> we schooled him. <laughs> you know, so that's that's really, you know, where that came from. So, I, you know, that's how I... So I bought Todd's car and went at it, you know, because like, well, Todd can't drive a go kart, and this car is winning championships. I'm going to be, be the man. no problem. I'm going to be the man. You know, another guy I raced against was D Campbell, and yeah, that was the first time I was in a race car. Was over there practicing, and he come by me like I was sitting still. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be going faster than this. Yeah, and jumped on the gas and tried to follow him, and he went into turn three, and I didn't. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. But no, it's uh, like I said, for for the location of that to you know, it was almost uh, it would almost be better if it was still there. Obviously for the neighbors part of it and stuff like that. But you know, for the layout of it, it was almost like you had to remove it from a speedway for that to be your goal. Yeah. As opposed to it being on the grounds, and you're coming there, and then when somebody has a problem with it, all they call it is a speedway. And the track, the, the speedway's image would suffer for the cart track. Yeah. You know, it's two different animals. So if it was somewhere else, you know, now, now you would know the difference, you know, especially given today's age where, you know, everybody's a, a warrior on the keyboard there. So. Yeah. It just, I still can't get over just how different a time it was with the ages because this, this is at a time when. You know, guys like Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, mm -hmm. the guys that were kind of coming from those times. Guys didn't guys didn't get in a full size car till they were eighteen. 
Yeah, but, older, shoot, you know, probably, I mean, probably older than that. And nowadays, yeah. if you're not, it seems like if you're not in a late model by 14, you're a failure. Oh yeah, your yeah. your your career's over before you hit 20 if you haven't if you haven't ascended to that. Yeah, it's yeah. just such and a I, different you know, time. And I, uh, for all Jeff Gordon did, Jeff Gordon changed everything on that. Yeah, I mean, cause I was right there on the cusp of, you know, you better be winning at at the local track. You know, see Dale Earnhardt, you you better win somewhere, and you better do it with almost less, you know, so they would come to you and say, hey, you're doing more with less than, you know, we see this guy, he comes in with everything you need. And then we see this bare bones guy getting all he can out of what he's got. You're this the one is, with the real talent. This is who we need to hire. You know, and, and they would come and hire you. Now you go write a check and, you know, I'm good on eye racing, so I must be, you know, you know, oh, they're getting a, paid more to win eye races than they are real I races. Know, they'll throw you on a simulator, and, and you know, <laughs> you get all this, you know, all this technological stuff. I mean, I, I got close to that. I mean, uh, Jack Billmeyer actually wanted me to drive his, his car. You know, you know, if you don't know Jack Billmeyer, he kind of took the fall for Rick Hendrick over the whole Honda deal oh, way back when. Okay. And uh, my dad implicitly said, uh, "No, he's not interested in driving your stuff." I just happened to be in the bathroom at the time and didn't know about it until he said, hey man, if you're ever, if you ever become interested, give me a call. And I'm like, hmm. Call about what, Pop? And he goes, oh, you don't, you don't want to drive that piece of junk. Like, really? Way to go, Dub. <laughs> he got me. Uh, so. <laughs> but like I said, I, I, given, given a chance, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, yeah. so it, it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. I mean, cause you know, one, I got lifelong friend Robert Turner, and, and two, the, the Murphys have been a huge part of my life. And, you know, you got people like Scott Wicker, Mike Thompson, and, you know, those, those, those guys you just got to hang out with. And, you know, you looked at it at the time as, you know, we're, we're here to outrun them and, and almost bury them, so to speak, when, you know, in the end, it was just preparing you for what, you know, what your heart wanted you to do later on, yeah. you know. So if you didn't have that experience, you weren't going to be any good at it. And you know, uh, luckily my experience worked out in modifieds. It didn't do too good in late models. So. No. <laughs> and to kind of help bring it to a kind of a, a period on the end of the sentence, sharing, you know, hearing all these stories. This is this is just good stuff. This is this is stuff I love, <laughs> and it it makes you wonder, well, what happened to it? And and all Richard would tell me was. He said, I'm not sure why it quit going because it seemed very successful. It, you know, he told me, he said, it wasn't an issue of low car counts or someone, getting, someone getting hurt or yeah. killed out there or something like that. It was just, it kind of just came to a close and kinda he wasn't really sure where, why. So that was, that was kind of intriguing to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, thinking back on it, I don't, I couldn't tell you when we stopped running there, but it may have been when when they stopped running yeah. you know because it, it it was almost i wouldn't say it was a fad it just kind of faded away because it was such a nice facility you know yeah. well kept and all that but it was just um i guess when you know things were changing then you know started getting the bodies on them and you know 
then the dirt became the big deal. But um, you know, we 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 were right on the cusp of transitioning into the different tires, different compounds for different places you went to. I mean, we'd, we'd, Starting to get a little more expensive. Yeah, yeah. We would we would take our old asphalt tires and and kind of experiment with well, this this is asphalt. This is, feels like it's harder. Let's try them. And, you know, but and. You realize then, well, if we soak them and put creosote or something like that on, but then, you know, that was just so, so time consuming. I mean, it kind of took away from, you know, this is actually work, you know, we just want to go race. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it kind of, it kind of turned into that scientific deal, but, you know, and that may have been part of it that uh, that group just wasn't cut out that way. Yeah. You know, where you spend all week on your go-kart, you know, it was kind of like, all right, it'll crank, let's go race. Yeah. yeah. So, but give it a uh, give it a pull on the yeah. string and <laughs> get out there. Get on one pace lap and get, go green. Get on with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, especially what we're dealing with these days, the the simple times seem so much better. Yeah, because it's just there's now it's you know I, I, a lot of the kids get they kind of go the bandolero legend route and that you know it, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. it it's a it's a challenge, but it's just different. And then they get pushed up so young. Yeah, I mean, it's the pressure and, you know, it's like, you're going to do this. Yeah, you, know, you, you see it. You, you got to be, you got to be I mean, in Canaan seen, by 18. We, or, we've seen it, you know, where, yeah. you know, you get dads just wearing their kids out because they, they're not hitting their marks. You know, like I said, I'd, I'd like to have a, if I had a penny for every lap I made around that tree in my driveway, you know, I would have never had to work, you know, but I'm in my head. I'm racing Richard Petty. I'm racing David Pearson, you know, yeah. and I'm running fifth with four laps to go, and I got to make a move. And you know, it was just, you know, like I said, it, just, it was just simple times. You kind of used your imagination and came up with your own stuff. Now it's, you know, I'm gonna get you on a, a race monitor or a, a racing game here. You know, when you're three years old, and we're gonna figure out, you know, you know yeah. how, how are you gonna do this for a living? You know, that's just to me that seems so backwards as opposed to. I want to go race. I want to get a cart. You know, I want to do this. You know, and you just couldn't wait. I mean, it was 14 before I ever got my first go kart. So, you know, it was almost like a carrot dangling in front of me. I'd have loved to have been racing it five years, five years old. old. <laughs> yeah. Part part of me fears that the people that are in my age bracket, you know, give or take a couple of years, it seems like so many of them now, by the time they get to 37, 38, yeah. They're just, they're done. They're just kind of burnt out on yep. it, where it seems like more of your generation, obviously there's exceptions. I mean, racing into your 50s and your 60s, yeah. well, where it seems like my generation is getting burned out sooner because they're, they're going harder sooner. Yeah, well, I'm 30 years old when I bought Todd's Late Model. Yeah. You know, that's when I started racing. You know, now, you know, I mean, we, we saw it at Ace, you know, Jeff Burton comes over there, you know, are you going to let my son race? He's mm. 11. I'm like, why are you asking me if he can race when you've already bought a car? you got a seat in it. <laughs> got he's Brandon out, McReynolds out here spotting yeah, for him. <laughs> he's obviously, you know, uh, that's what he's going to do. So why are you asking me if he can race? You're yeah. his dad. Are you going to let him race? And, well, well, we'd like to run here. I was like, well, if I can tell that's not an 11-year-old in the car, then you're more than welcome to. I remember yeah. you telling me that. And I actually. caught a lot of backlash for it, but 
you know, it was pretty cool to see Jeff Burton fly in from New Hampshire and land a helicopter out there in the dang field and yep. go out there and pick him up on a golf cart and get him over there. And, you know, so like I said, I mean, you know, we've talked about that with all the, the young people that came through there that, uh, you yeah. know, for one reason or other, some of them got a better break than, than others. And I think that's more to do with how big the check was. I blame Jeff Gordon. It's all Jeff, it was Jeff fault. Gordon. I mean, that's and why his I, stepdaddy's fault. That's why, I, that's why I never liked him. You know, oh, like, no. he, he stole my chance. He, ch he changed yeah, the game. Like I said, when, he, when he did it, it was like, we got to go find the next one. And yep. he started going backwards as opposed to going forward. So, you know, I think yeah. that's why Earnhardt gave him such a hard time. Cause, Probably was. You know, he don't feel like he cut his teeth as much as he should have. You know, yeah. that, and that's the old guard, you know. But, you know, you kind of – you don't really have any – Outside of Tony Stewart, there's not really that many left yeah. in the in the sport, and uh, I guess that's why some of the true NASCAR fans or old older NASCAR fans, I guess I should say, have lost lost touch with how things happen. Yeah, you, know, you used to go watch them somewhere. You know, now it's they mm. start on TV. They don't they don't work their way up to TV. They start on TV. Yeah. <laughs> well. I have learned a ton from this, brother. I appreciate well, you sharing some stories. It went better than I thought because I was... I know you sounded like you were so afraid. Of, you all done forgot I, everything. You, you I, jogged it back for it, an hour. I, it, I told you it's in there. It's just, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the filing system's been rearranged over the years. So. You never caught on fire out there, did you? I... You landed in a tree. I'm surprised you didn't catch on fire. Well, I mean, I've been on fire. And you, if you think about it, methanol, you don't see fire. Yeah, it burns clear. All you do is feel fire. Yeah, and, you know, I've I've had that happen to me a couple of times where you start seeing your hairs on your arms shrivel up and stuff like that. But uh, you know, luckily, the way I landed, it was behind me, and yeah. it never never really got on because I was. You know, it's almost like being a car upside down. You know, if you pull the belts, you're gonna land on your head. Yeah. And I knew if I crawled off of that thing, you know, one, I'm hanging in a tree. Two, that tree's got roots down there and if i mm. jump off and get to the roots that cart's probably going to come with me and it was going <laughs> we, we were going to swap positions <laughs> instead of being yeah. on it it was going to be on me and like mm. i said i just wanted to go find robert because yeah. it was like hey dude we don't need to do this for last place it's not not any fun this was not this <laughs> this was nothing akin to that 2008 skirmish on the front stretch between you and gary young jr probably not we didn't have that <laughs> Because now that was legendary. We talked about that on the other one. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, a legendary was, confrontation. Great time. I got to find that. Uh, it's got to be a picture. I'm hoping we get snowed in here in the next couple of three weeks because I've got the only video of that. Oh, I want to see it. Uh, you got to find it. Oh, I, it, it's, you know. It's because, somewhere. Uh, what's what's uh, Webster? Uh, Jim Webster. Yeah, Webster had it. Uh, Doug was the GM then. Yeah, Doug Smith. And we had to go in and review <laughs> review what happened you know to, I bet to, you had a hard time not laughing well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, was uh you know, obviously I think I was running for his yeah that was second championship yeah it was 08 and uh that was that was the third, the third one, one that yeah. was the third one. yeah that was the first that was the first race of the of the chase so to speak and uh you know one great race yep and a heck of a dang finish I mean probably one of the best finishes out there you know mm-hmm that I've seen and, and I actually got to be a part of, but we had to review the whole dang tape, mm. you know, and they, and the whole thing was, you know, Neil, my crew chief or crew member, he's the one that dove on the crowd of youngs and went 
to the bottom and then the Neil would never do that. And the next thing you know, you see him come up from the other side of the goal going, Yeah and they had stomped on him and kicked him and everything like that. And all that's all that's on that tape. I mean, so I gotta I gotta uh, find that because I I did bribe Webster to, to give me that because he's like this has got to be cut out. You know, he don't he don't want this to get out because you know, neither one of us got suspended or Yeah. You know, I I think we probably had to pay a fine, but you know, <laughs> but it would be gold today. Oh, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, like I said, Gary Young would probably get a kick out of it. We've become really good friends since then. But uh, back <laughs> Blast then, from the past. Back then, not so much. <laughs> well, I appreciate it as always, brother. Thanks for the stories. Hey, yes. Anytime you need content, we'll, we'll, do, <laughs> we'll dream some up. We've done this before a time or two. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this edition of the Half Price Concessions Podcast. Be sure to find us on Facebook by searching for The Half-Priced Concessions Podcast. Give us a like. Leave us some comments, if you will. Share some of our uh, postings and whatnot. If you see something you like, that would really help us get the word out a ton. Also, make sure that you are subscribed to The Half-Priced Concessions Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, whatever app you're using to listen to our show, YouTube as well. Whichever way you're listening, make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way, not only will you automatically see when we put out new material, but it also helps us out a whole lot more than you could ever know. Special thanks to our partners at North Carolina 811 Dig, the Performance Center Racing Warehouse. We've got some new partners coming in as well. So stay tuned. A lot more good stuff to come, but we really appreciate you listening to the Half Price Concessions Podcast. My name is Tyler Williams, and I hope you have a good rest of your day.